Legends of the First Empire, Age of Myth, by Michael J. Sullivan. Chapter 4, The New Chieftain. Strict laws govern the succession of power within the clan, traditions passed down through the generations by the Keeper of Ways. Nearly all involved men fighting, and it was the strongest among us who ruled. The Book of Bryn. Persephone winced and pulled, but the ring refused to come off. Little wonder, given that Regland had slipped it on her finger 20 years before, when she was 17 and he 41. She hadn't removed it since. It didn't seem so long ago, yet Persephone felt as if they'd always been together. The day he'd put the ring on, it had been too large. She'd wrapped string around the little silver band to hold it snug. The ring was a sacred relic handed down since the time of Gath and she was terrified she'd lose it. She never did. The need for the string had disappeared during her first pregnancy. Staring at her hand, she realized how much she had changed over the years. I'll get some chicken fat, Sarah moved toward the door. Hang on, Persephone said, stopping her. She wet her finger in her mouth. Then, with a firm grasp and clenched teeth, she painfully wrenched the metal band over her knuckle. Sarah stared with a sympathetic grimace. That looked painful. Her wise, motherly tones spoke about more than the pain of a finger. With a curious sort of mental hiccup, Persephone remembered that Sarah had been there when the ring was placed on her hand. Most marriages were informal and gradually built over time. The only public declaration came when a couple began sharing the same roof or a child was born. But Persephone had married a chieftain, which required a formal ceremony, and Sarah, her closest friend, had stood beside her. The ring and the torque were the badges of the second chair's office, but in Persephone's mind, the silver band had always been the symbol of Regland's love. Persephone nodded and tried not to cry. She'd done enough of that already, and her eyes and nose throbbed from rubbing. After the death of her husband, and with no son to inherit his father's position, Persephone was expected to leave the lodge to make way for the new chieftain and his family. More than a hundred years had passed since the chieftain's wife had failed in her most important responsibility, bearing a child who lived to assume the first chair. Maeve, the keeper of ways, had been consulted, and she decreed that Conagher, Regland's shield, would assume the position. There might be challengers, so the matter wasn't officially settled. But no matter who prevailed, Persephone's fate would be the same. She had nowhere to go. Sarah had been there for her 20 years before, and she once again stood by Persephone's side, offering a place to live. From the outside, all roundhouses were as identical as the materials and land allowed. On the inside, Sarah's was by far the most welcoming. Filled with animal hide rugs, baskets, a spinning wheel, a sophisticated loom, and a huge bed covered in furs, it offered a comforting respite. An open hearth fire in the center of the floor kept the space warm. Without a chimney, a thick layer of smoke hovered at the peak of the cone-shaped thatched roof. Its slow escape dried herbs and cured meat and fish hanging from the rafters. Part of the coziness came from the piles of wool, thread, yarn, and the stacks of folded cloth that provided softness. But what made this roundhouse special were the walls, or wall, as roundhouses had only one. The interior was plastered in daub, and designs of great beauty had been painted by Sarah's daughter. Bryn. Some were as simple as charcoal outlines of little hands. Others were circles and swirls of yellow and orange paint. 
A few were complex illustrations of people and events. Even the logs framing the doorway, not to mention the door itself, displayed celestial swirls and stars. The circular wall of Sarah's home was a marvel of artistic wonder. I can't believe I forgot to take it off, Persephone held out the ring. Would you mind returning this to the lodge? Sarah took it and nodded, offering pitying eyes. Persephone didn't want to be pitied. She'd always seen her role as an example to her people and found herself ill-suited to the role of woeful widow. No, wait, Persephone stopped her. I should be the one to give it to Tressa. It will look like I disapprove if I don't. Might not be Tressa, Sarah said. She walked to the door and peered out. Holloman has challenged Collagher. They're getting ready to fight now. Holloman? Persephone said, confused. Are you serious? Persephone joined her friend at the door. The front of Sarah's home faced a little grassy patch of open space before the large steps, which the doll residents used for outdoor gatherings. Between the burning braziers in front of the stone statue of Mary, the two men checked the straps on their wooden shields, each armed with an axe. It's not like he doesn't stand any chance, Sarah held the door open as the two looked out. Holloman is only a huntsman, Persephone said. Conacher has been Regland's shield for years. Holloman's big. Conacher is bigger. Not by much, and there's more to combat than size. There's speed and experience. Persephone stared at Sarah as she let the door close. I guess it's good that the matchup is so one-sided. Conacher won't have to kill Holloman. He'll yield quickly. We can't afford to lose such a talented hunter. The door jerked open and Sarah's daughter entered. Sorry I'm late. Bryn was tall for her age, most of the height in her legs, and in many ways, she was a ganglier version of her mother. Sarah possessed a tiny nose and an easy smile, and although not particularly beautiful, she'd always been remarkably cute. Both braided their hair, or more likely, Sarah braided both the obvious choice in style given that Sarah was the doll's most talented weaver. The girl flopped on the bed and sighed heavily. Something wrong? Sarah asked. It's Maeve. She's crazy and being stupid. Bryn, her mother scolded her. I mean, I don't know how she expects me to learn everything down to the emphasis on words and the order of list of names. Maeve is an extremely talented and capable keeper. But she's old, Bryn said. So am I. So is Seth, and I can assure you, we aren't crazy. Okay, but if you're old, she's ancient and definitely losing her mind. Bryn bounced up to a sitting position and crossed her legs. It's insane to think a person can remember that much detail. Who cares if Hagen comes after Doden in the list of men slain at the Battle of Glenmore? I know it must be difficult keeping everything straight, Sarah told her, but you shouldn't blame your failures on others. You won't be keeper that way. You need to pay better attention. Bryn frowned and folded her arms in a sign of disagreement. Your mother is right, Persephone said. Being a keeper isn't only about remembering the stories. It's an important responsibility. It's crucial that you know the customs and laws. I realize you find out details such as when to plant which crops boring, but those are the kinds of things that determine whether everyone lives or dies. That's why keepers are so revered. I know, but Bryn looked hurt and turned away. Persephone sighed. Bryn, I'm sorry. I'm just, listen, you'll make a fine keeper, but you're still young. You're only 15 and you have plenty of time to learn. You need to listen to Maeve and do what she says and don't argue. If she gets frustrated, she'll pick on someone else. 
which wouldn't be so awful, Sarah said. You could get back to learning the loom. Mother, please, Bryn rolled her eyes and Godwin reached for the empty water gourd. Well, you were the one pointing out how old I am. I'm going to need someone to take over when I'm too feeble. I didn't say you were old. I said Maeve is old. Then I clarified that she is ancient. You're the one who brought up your age. Pretty good memory, Persephone said. Bryn flashed her a mischievous grin. You're supposed to be on my side, Seth, Sarah told her, then turned to her daughter. Your grandmother, Brynhilda, taught me her secrets to making Ren cloth and... And you hated it, Bryn said. You despised how dad's mother forced you to work at it for hours at a time. Of course I did. I was a stubborn young lady like you, but I did it. I learned, and it's a good thing too. Otherwise, you and half the doll will be standing here naked, and what will we do with the wool your father shears? Being a keeper is important as well. Persephone just said so, and she's the second chick. Bryn stopped herself and covered her mouth, looking as if she accidentally stepped on a newborn chick. It's okay, Persephone told her. She rubbed the empty place where the ring used to be. We all have changes to get used to. The clangs of battle erupted outside as the fight commenced. A curse was followed by a grunt. Then came the gas of spectators, followed by cheers, boos, and a thud of an axe on a shield. Bryn rushed toward the door, but her mother caught her by the wrist. You don't need to see. I'm getting water. You need water, right? Bryn, Sarah spoke the name dressed in heavy-coated disappointment. More grunts could be heard and the sound of shuffling feet. Then a crack was followed by a scream. Another collective gasp was heard, but this time there wasn't a cheer. The fight for Chieftain had ended, and another battle began. This one waged by a team of women trying to save a man's life. Move! Padera shouted. The little woman was the first to react. With a round head, full bosom, and ample hips, she looked much like a skirted snowman as she bustled forward, shoving aside men twice her size. Ancient when Persephone was born, Padera was the oldest living member of the clan Wren. She'd been a farmer's wife and had successfully raised six children and countless cows, pigs, chickens, and goats. Padera also regularly won the fall harvest contest for biggest vegetables and best pies. There wasn't anyone more respected on the doll. The ring of onlookers broke on Padera's approach, giving Persephone a clear view of the common where the two men had fought. The sight made her gasp. From the knee down, Holloman's leg was covered in blood. Glistening with sweat, Conagher backed away, his axe dangling from loose fingers, the sharpened stone edge dark and dripping. He stared at Holloman with an expression Persephone struggled to place. If anything, Conagher looked guilty. Holloman rose up on elbows that he jabbed into the grass, Arching his back and wailing in pain, he dragged his body to, well, to nowhere Persephone could discern. She didn't think Holloman knew either. He probably didn't realize he was moving or that he was pumping a stream of blood, which soaked a wide swath of spring grass in a thick coat of brilliant red. Hold him down, Padira called out, and get me a rope! At her command, several people grabbed Holloman's arms, pinning him while others ran off in search of twine. Rowan, who had been in the ring of spectators, rushed to Badera's side and stripped off Holloman's thin rawhide belt. She held it out to Badera. Around the thigh, girl, the old woman held up the bleeding leg. Loop it above the knee. Rowan executed the instructions as if she'd been asked to tie closed a bag of apples. Badera's indifference in the face of so much carnage was understandable. 
The old woman regularly set bones, even those that had broken through the skin. She also sewed up deep wounds and delivered breech babies from both women and livestock. But Rowan taking the initiative and with such stoicism was surprising. The young woman, who until recently had been the slave of Ivor the Carver, was normally timid as a field mouse. She rarely spoke and was seldom seen outside the Carver's home, which he had inherited upon his death. But there she was, acting with precision and clarity, undaunted by Holloman's screams, and either unconcerned or unaware that her dress was soaking up blood. Each woman took an end of the rawhide strap and then pulled it tight. The fountain of blood slowed to a stream. Get a stick, Badera growled, straining with both hands on the leather. Rowan focused on Sarah's daughter. Bryn, get me the hammer from my bag. Bryn squeezed through the crowd and rushed to Rowan's side and pulled open the satchel. Out of it, the girl drew a small hammer. Here, child, lay the handle where the straps cross, Badera ordered. Bryn hesitated, looking at the blood and cringing with Holloman's screams. Do it, Badera shouted. Persephone rushed forward and took the hammer. She placed it where it indicated. Padera and Rowan crossed the straps, wrapping it. Twist, Padera ordered. With weak, shaking hands, Padera managed to find the strength to tighten the belt. The stream of blood subsided to a trickle, then a drip. Hold it there, Padera commanded, then pointed in the direction of Mary's statue. Fetch down a brazier. The closest man removed his shirt and wrapped his hands. He placed the pan on the ground near the women. Padera snuffed out the fire, leaving the smoldering wood. Holloman's struggles were subsiding, even before the hot poker used to stir coals was pressed to his leg. He let out a violent scream, then went limp. The smell was horrific, and Persephone held one hand up to her nose while the other remained clamped tightly to Rowan's hammer. Around them, faces clustered peering over shoulders. Those who spoke did so in worried whispers. Holloman was one of the doll's best hunter. The deer he killed in winter were often the difference between life and death. He had no children, and his wife had been lost to a fever three winters back. He hadn't taken another. Too heartbroken, it was said. Although, not someone Persephone would pick as chieftain, he was a good man. Conniger leaned against the well, waiting and still holding his bloody axe. Persephone wouldn't have chosen him either. He didn't impress her as being wise or the sort to inspire others. He was a warrior, a shield, an axe. Padera who was wrapping the blackened flesh of Holloman's knee, paused. She stared at his face as if the unconscious man had asked a question. Putting aside the wounded leg, she reached over and laid a hand on the side of the man's neck. As she did, the furrows on her craggy face deepened. The urgency the old woman had radiated died along with Holloman. She untied the leg and returned Rowan's hammer. Then the old woman walked to the well to clean up. Congratulations, Badira told Conagher. You're the new chieftain.